Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we're simplifying the good life. I'm Guthrie Straw. And I'm Joan Pettit. We are broadcasting from Portland, Oregon, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. I'm Armando Luna. This is a show where we bring you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. We cover bicycling, trains in transit, infrastructure, adventures, and today... The three of us will be catching up, chatting, and answering your questions. How's it going, everybody? I missed the song. I missed the intro song. Do we need to just get it for you? Like make a playlist that's oh, just oh, that song? No, I have it. Uh, you know what <laughs> I should try to do is I should, well, I don't know if it happened already. I should try to um, do the lyrics for it. That'd be fun. Hot I take. know somebody who could maybe help you produce something like that. <laughs> How's everybody feeling after the holidays? I mean, aside from the whole uh, pandemic explosion, I'm doing pretty good, but that's a pretty significant thing. So, you know, just go ahead and put that out there. It was definitely it was, recording via Zoom for now. <laughs> I felt a big relief taking a break from recording in December. Uh, I just, just the end of the year stuff and holiday stuff and work stuff. And it was a, uh, it was one less thing to worry about. So I, I really enjoyed that. So thank you, everyone. Yes, thanks to our patient listeners. Yeah. How about you, Guthrie? How's it going? Oh, going well enough. Back into the swing of things for the week and got a little bit of a chance to, yeah, go get snowed in and make it back in one piece, which is always nice. Went out to sisters and stayed with some friends there in a relatively remote environment and as we were coming back there was somebody with a long haul surly that was cycling back from the ski slope with skis strapped to the frame of their bicycle so i had kind of joked about biking out to sisters during the holiday but somebody actually went and did it and we gave them a thumbs up they were so you they went over from sister like which where did you were they were they in some place i mean i guess they were biking back from the snow yeah hard to say it looked like they had full touring gear so my guess would be they might live in bend or central oregon and then just biked up for the long weekend to the ski slope and maybe camped up there or something like that and then came back down so we were heading towards portland and they were heading back towards sisters so i would imagine it probably wasn't like a full tour given that they had skis but they probably used their bike to get to and from the ski slope it looked like you know what? Somebody listening to this may be that person or may know that person. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. So if you know who that is and they would like to talk, I would like, that would be an interesting thing, especially if they were like touring and camping on their bike and skis. I have sounds never chilly. considered. Yeah. sounds a little chilly. So <laughs> yeah. come yeah. chat with us. <laughs> it only got down to 15. It wasn't so bad. But you had a lot of snow, right? Yeah. Got a lot of snow on the Thursday before the weekend. The drive up Friday was pretty good, all things considered. Uh, just chained up, made sure to follow state highway recommendations. But currently, I believe the road is closed due to more winter weather. 
And so I wouldn't say it's super extreme. It was just choosing the right spot to put chains on and uh, taking it chill. What, uh, what sort of s- sports and activities were you doing in the snow? Uh, existing, sledding, and snowshoeing. All right. Sounds like a g- <laughs> another good combo. <laughs> yep. It was so cold in between Christmas and New Year's here. I uh, I went out, and actually before Christmas, it's been so cold, and it was pretty icy a lot of days, which um, I was glad I didn't need to go anywhere, but I had been hoping to be more out and about, and I just, I mean, gosh, I say this all the time, ice is just, I just don't want to mess with ice when I'm on my bike. Snow, fine, you know, but... If it's wet and then it freezes or those patches of black ice are just so scary to me and they're dangerous. And whenever I've biked in on those days, um, you know, you always see people who've fallen. And uh, so anyway, I didn't get out on my on my bike too much. And then today I did uh, bike to work and back and it was a balmy 40 degrees. And, you know, that's actually, that was actually fine and comfortable. And I kind of like biking in the rain when it starts getting a lot colder than that. It can, a chill can really set in, but I mean, not for my, my ride is short enough that it wasn't really a problem. So yeah, it was, I would much rather, I realized I'd much rather have it be a little warmer and rainy than just so cold, especially if there's ice. I kind of go either way, I guess if, because 40 and rainy is just like you're wet and soaked. But if it's colder, I don't know. I, I often prescribe to the, you can put more clothes on. But if it's too hot, it's difficult to take clothes off. In the coldness, I feel like as long as you're active, that is a good pursuit. Like you could be, it was 15 and I was like sweating, snowshoeing. But at the same time, like if you stop and you chill down and your sweat freezes, it's not a good scenario, depending on if you right. get stuck out. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I embrace all spectrum, but I totally can empathize with not wanting it to be below 30 when you're out and about. Yeah, I mean, I mean, specifically on my bike. Yeah. How about you, Armando? What adventures have you been up to? I, I was thinking about it and then I... Well, you went I on a New even, Year's Day ride. Oh, yeah, New Year's, I did New Year's Day ride. I can't even remember the last two weeks. I just don't remember. There was a, a annual New Year's Day ride put on by the Street Trust that has been... Uh, Hasn't happened for a few years, and uh, they had a big turnout. There's like 70 people showed up. It was, it was super fun. So uh, that was probably my biggest highlight of the last week. Well, I want to uh, take this opportunity to announce the news that everyone has been waiting for, and that is that we have a bike draft winner. Folks may remember that, gosh, I don't know if it was our last recorded episode. On one of our last recorded episodes, uh, Tim Mooney joined Armando and Aaron for me, for a competitive, uh, cutthroat, vicious <laughs> round of bike draft. And we asked folks to let us know who they thought won. And I will say that I let Caroline Burroughs know that I had mentioned her. So then she said I had won. <laughs> and then Brock helpfully told us that he won. And then uh, Dan in Minnesota, uh, who goes by Bug. Baguagini, sorry, Dan, if I said that wrong, he, he also said that he won. So I, uh, I rounded up all the boats or boats, no boats. It's not boat month. I rounded up all the boats and decided that, uh, that Dan in Minnesota was the winner. So congratulations to Dan. Congrats, Dan. 
I bet it's colder well, than 32 degrees out there. <laughs> I want to get, let's give a runner up to Brock though, for voting for himself. Yay, Brock. Good job. And that's also just so he'll text us and say something funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also want to let you all know that I made up an award and gave it out on behalf of the Sprocket podcast <laughs> in December. Uh, and uh, in December, I decided that we needed to have a bike fluencer of the year because Jenna, gosh, I can't remember Jenna's last name now, but Jenna, Phillips. who is on our podcast, what's up? Phillips. Yeah, Jenna Phillips, who was on our podcast earlier this year, has just been continuing to create uh, this fantastic content on on TikTok about how uh, great it is to ride your bike. And so, so many people have gone, gotten on bikes and e-bikes for the first time to do her rides and they're letting her know that. And it's just so fantastic. So I saw that and I made up an award, Bike Fluencer of the Year, and I gave it to Jenna and, you know, by just saying this on Twitter. So anyway, <laughs> so that's uh, Jenna, Jenna Bikes. She's doing great stuff. You can find her on Twitter and uh, TikTok. So congratulations to her for winning an award I made up on the spot because I was excited. <laughs> the power of the Sprocket podcast. <laughs> we'll be sending it out via mail <laughs> to a town near you. Yes. If anyone else has a made-up award, let us know. <laughs> Maybe we'll give it out. <laughs> I would like to give all of us a Made It Through 2021 award. Congrats. Yeah, anyone who's listening to this definitely gets that award. Nice job. Well done. Any? Uh, are we a resolution crowd? Has anybody been reflecting and thinking about things for 2022 or we're day by day in it? I see Joan shaking her head. I don't really do the whole resolution thing. And I think that's, I mean, I often sort of, am, I think I'm more about making shifts rather than like, and tomorrow I am going to be a totally new person. I'm more like, oh man, I haven't been eating enough vegetables. I need to be more thoughtful about that kind of thing. Or, And I'm hoping to ride my bike a little more this year. I think I want to get back on a better sleep schedule than I have been during the pandemic. But those aren't exactly resolutions. Those are more like, it's not exactly the new year that's making me think of this. Nice. Yeah, shifts are good. How about how about you, Guthrie? Oh, I tend to make a couple resolutions and it's, yes, I guess similar, more like shifts, but it's shifts that happen to occur around January. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess just want to continue to push myself to get outside as much as possible and stay active, whether it's walking, cycling, or anything, really. With the weather as it is in Portland, it may be a new year, but it is not yet spring. And I think especially around this time, the darkness really starts to get at me. Not that it doesn't have to coincide with January necessarily, but yeah, getting out, getting about, uh, something about it being dark when you get off of work and dark when you start work is, I, I, I think Portland is as far north as I can sanely live and to be real, I could probably live a little further south as far as the sunshine goes. So uh, just holding in there for April and then I'll look back in January and say, wow, gosh, I'm so glad it's light out right now. So just want to stay it's out. Stay tough. Active. It's tough. Yeah, I will say. So when I hurt my back last May, 
I, I just have not really got back into weightlifting, which I was doing before, which I did last winter. And I think was super healthy for me physically and mentally. One of my intentions for the year is to start back up on that slowly and carefully to build, start building up, up strength. So I want to start lifting some more heavy things again. Nice. Right on. But I don't, yeah, I, I don't think, I don't frame it as a resolution, but I suppose I am resolving to do it well you <laughs> won't tell you, anyone Mom? if you don't well i don't know people it'd probably be good if people people want to ask me about it how's that weightlifting going joan oh did you did you all read the thing that said goals um like you get the satisfaction out of saying the goal but not the completion value of saying it so it's like i resolved to climb mount everest this year and then i spend like a whole year t- telling people that like how is mount everest climbing going it's like oh well, I already got the dopamine hit from saying it, so I didn't really follow through. I'm trying to remember That's that. That's interesting. Have you all seen that? So announcing your intention is really what makes us feel good about ourselves. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, talk is cheap <laughs> and also Man, makes you I feel could... good, apparently, I guess, depending on what you're talking wow. about. Maybe I am going to talk a lot more about all the things I'm going to do then. <laughs> I'm just going to say so that. many things yeah. that nobody can remember. Because, you know, yeah. we're not recording this at all. I can say whatever I want. <laughs> Stays right here among the three of us. Yep. <laughs> How about you, Armando? Any resolutions? Well, you're already working on this. You've got some big goals for the year. Yeah, so my, uh, I guess my resolution, uh, I want to uh, register and ride the Swift Summit 200 this year instead of the 100. So in order to do that, there's a lot of things I need to do. And you know, they involve, you know, working out, improving my cardio, getting stronger course, you know, all those, all that kind of stuff that you would normally, that would be, you know, a new year's resolution, uh, get in shape, get fit, that kind of thing. So, I mean, I knew that was coming and the, the beginning of the year is a fine time to start that, especially after the holidays. So, and I think I'm, I think, uh, one thing I'm actually, I didn't say this was a goal of mine, but I think I'm going to try to make it a goal of mine is to ride my bike every day. Uh, I know a couple of people that, you know, they, they rode every single day last year. I'm like, Oh my gosh, every single day. And I mean, I don't need to, it's not, I think that, you know, I, I don't feel upset that I didn't do that last year, but I'm like, wow, to ride every, that's a huge deal. I mean, you really have to make that happen to ride every day. And, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm three for three so far. So wait, four, three, four for four so far. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're doing it. You're doing it. Um, that and uh, so far I've been uh, dry, sober January, uh, sort of on more on purpose of uh, ending the holiday binging, <laughs> but not specifically necessarily. Oh, I'm cutting out alcohol. So I'm I'm in in the middle of that one. We'll see what happens. Right on. Ah, uh, well, excellent. Thank you for, you know, talking just between the three of us about what we're proud about or maybe trying to do for the next year. We have some questions from listeners. We asked folks a while back uh, if they had any questions for us. And we did this on Twitter and Instagram. And we heard back from some folks. So we're going to share the questions and then, um, I don't know, probably answer them since... (laughs) That seems to be in the spirit of having asked them for their questions. That's right. We have a question from Gold Dig. Go dig a hole via Twitter. Tell me about what tires you're rocking this fall, winter, wet season. What's the tread like? Where are you riding? What PSI do you roll on? I'll go first. I have been rocking and 
I've been rocking for a while, the Schwalbe Marathon Plus. Uh, I think it's a fantastic tire, mainly because it doesn't get flats very often. Um, the tread is in decent shape because it's a somewhat slow-wearing tire. I think uh, the PSI I roll on is whatever it happens to be until I notice that it's basically going flat, and then I pump it up a little bit more. Let's call it 15 to 50 PSI. Sometimes I'll pump it up to like 60, and I don't know, it likes it chills at 40 for about two months, and then I start to notice trouble. So that's your scientific answer to the PSI is whatever I feel like as often as I notice. I feel so much better about your PSI answer, Guthrie, because that's exactly my PSI as well. It's like sometimes I'll be like, my bike, it's just, I guess it's because it's so old. It just feels like it's dragging. And then I'm like, or maybe I just need to inflate the tires. Yeah, you, you know, when somebody's yelling at you in the bike lane, do you need a tire pump? Uh, yeah, it's probably yeah. time to pump your tires. Sometimes when I hear people's uh, chain or I hear their brakes, not, not, and I sometimes I'm just like, oh, I don't know, especially the chain, because that is not a good sound. Uh, but I don't always say anything. I think I have gator skins, but honestly, I meant to double check before we think. I think that's what I have on my mixed tea, which is the bike I ride most often. But this tells you how little attention I pay sometimes to specific components because they've been on there for so long. Yeah, and I will. The, the t- only time I would be really thinking about this is when I thought we were going to have snow in town. I was. I have another bike. It's a cross. It's a cyclocross bike. I have slicks for it, but I also have knobbies. So I was thinking about putting on my knobbies if it if it snowed, and then I would have, I don't know, twenty thirty for the snow. It would have been pretty pretty low for that. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have uh, inflated them fully for that. Do you all? put air in your tires then based on when you don't do it on a schedule you do it based on when you think of it yes when it feels like i need to i don't i don't have any specific number when i do pump up my tires and i don't yeah, i couldn't tell you what tire pressure it's at it's sort of the same thing as i ride it and sometimes i ride i could i know that i need i know that i probably it would be probably be better with more air but I figure, oh, I'm just, this is more training because it just makes it more sluggish to ride. So it's just better training. <laughs> and then I'll pump it up. But I only have one bike right now for set up with fenders. So that's what I've been riding my Fargo. And then, and um, it's still, it's my year round bike so far. So it's got the Terraville cannonballs, I believe. I think I'm paraphrasing Russ at Pathless Pedaled, but something along the lines of smooth is fast. So if you can feel the bumps, it's maybe a little bit too much air. Uh, but sometimes you want to put a lot in because you're going to burn it down anyway as you get back into that operating range. Pressure matters. I guess, like, unless you're trying to win a race, it probably doesn't matter maybe as much as uh, some other things, like brakes that work or that sort of deal. The only thing I've ever tried to win is bike draft. Did you vote for yourself, Joan? I mean, gladly, gladly. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we had a four-way tie. That's right. That's right. That old executive producer seems like a real bum. Whatever happened to him? Brockman via Twitter, of course. Who wants to? This is a complicated question. Who wants to answer this one? (laughs) Well, there are some things in Salem that are not so bad, and Brock is one of them. (laughs) Aw. Aw, Guthrie, that was so sweet. (laughs) Okay, so um, 
Emma Rook sent in a great question via Twitter. I'm kind of assuming every one of you is just the one who gets given bike-related gifts. What has been the best, worst, weirdest, et cetera? Uh, somebody, a friend of mine, uh, a bike friend of mine, I had given them for their birthday. I happened to see a little like a gel pack of food in watermelon. And they had just told me that, you know, one of those like the little things you have for long rides, right? And I, I saw it in watermelon flavor, which I knew was their favorite. So I gave them that for their birthday, right? It was just like, you know, I spent like two bucks or whatever. And then I think they wanted to get me something, uh, but they didn't really want to spend a lot of money. So they got me a like rear view mirror for my helmet, which I was a little confused by because I don't know. I don't have an opinion on those things, except that I didn't really want to put it on my helmet. <laughs> I'm racking my brain. I don't know if I've been... I don't know if I've been given any bike presents that I can remember. Uh, and I will say no fault of anybody who's tried to get me bike presents. <laughs> I can be a little particular about stuff. And I'm just historically difficult to give gifts for because typically I'll just try to like make some money and purchase what I want for myself. Um, so I think most of my relatives have at this point figured out that if they want to do the gift thing that they usually get in touch with me and say, Hey, what do you want? Um, Oh, that's a lot of money. Okay. Well, you're getting nothing or something smaller. <laughs> and I'm like, that totally makes sense. I was given a free pair of socks when I worked at a bike shop and I really liked that because they were good socks, but I don't think I've gotten a cycling specific gift that I can recall. Other than, you know, sometimes certain pathways around Portland that have bumps on them, you'll find like rear bicycle lights. Those are kind of gifts. If I can't get them back to the owner, it's always nice to have a, you know, six rear lights or something like that. Gifts from the road. Armando, you must get bike related gifts. I do. I do. I do get lots of bike related gifts. But the thing I want to mention is I don't, I don't, I would, I don't think I would consider it a gift, but I received Someone knew that, that knows that I'm into bikes, so they gave me a tin. And actually, I don't think it's a tin; it might be a box. Um, and they said this person is a cycling, is a cyclist, and they they don't cycle anymore. And so they had this box of all these pins from like Seattle to Portland in the '70s, and Cycle Oregon, and you know all these enamel pins and different types of you know. I don't even know what you'd call it. Just pins, pins uh, that you would stick on your collar, you know, things like that. And so it's a tin of that because they, they were ill and they were not cycling anymore. And so I have all these old school Seattle to Portland, SVP and Cycle Oregon pins and medals and so forth. And I'm not really sure what to do with them because that person ended up passing away. So I, 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 they're, you know, they didn't have a family that wanted them. Let's put it that way. And I don't know if, like the, it used to be Portland Wheelman. I think they call themselves something else now. There's some Portland Wheelman stuff in there, and I don't. So I'm just sort of sitting on them. I don't, not really sure what I'm going to do with them. I uh, one year, uh, right before, I think it was before Christmas. It might have been my birthday. I was in as little as in the basement of my house, and I saw a box that I wasn't supposed to see. I was not snooping. I was just in the basement and I saw a box with a, a bike with a picture of a bike on it. That was obviously uh, 
going to be for me? I just stumbled across it and I felt so guilty and bad (laughs) for seeing it, even though it was, I don't even know if it was hidden. Maybe my parents had just stuck it down there and forgotten to like tuck it away or something. I don't even remember if it was like my yellow banana seat bike or maybe one with training wheels that I had before then. But all I remember is the guilt I felt seeing my present before Christmas. Oh, so it was an actual bike. Yeah, it was a bike. It was just, it just hadn't been put together yet. That reminds me of the one bicycle gift I can think of, which was in third grade, a Redline 380. And I remember this because I would go to the bike shop at every opportunity and just kind of like drool over this bicycle. It's a BMX bike. And I would sit on it. I didn't know test rides were a thing. So I'd just sit on it and like make believe that I was cycling. And at the time I had this hand-me-down Mongoose pedalback <laughs> bicycle, uh, which was really fun, but uh, it had seen some days to wake up on Christmas and see a Redline 380 was really nice. And Ooh. then we moved to Salem and it got stolen the, like six months later, but it was really fun while it lasted. Okay. So next question came in from Instagram. And this is regarding bike advice. Peter Broberg via Instagram asks, thoughts on a first cargo bike? Won't be going fancy, but I'm in between pretty cheap and pretty medium, both used. For me, pretty cheap is anything sub 1,000, and pretty medium is between 1 and 2K. But feel free to take this however y'all'd like. And we got an answer from Clever Cycles. Uh, Yeah, well, oh, first I want to say that uh, we went and I we shared this question via social media to try to crowdsource some answers. So this is one where we turned to other folks to help us answer this. So Clever Cycles said a non-electric for non-electric, we recommend Craigslist or Facebook for an extra cycle, single piece frame, not a free radical add-on kit, a surly big dummy, or you belong tail. Short distances, the classic Dutch Bach feats is amazing but slow and heavy. Most important part for kid hauling is the accessory story. So making sure the bike is not so outdated that it has compatible accessories available. Better yet, they come already installed. Oh, was it? I don't know if there was more in that question where he said he was hauling children. It doesn't really say. No, he d- it didn't. It okay. didn't say. Yeah. Yeah, because I would. I would think first. I would want to. You know, if you want a cargo bike. What do you want to cargo? What do you want to haul? What are you going to be doing with it? You know. Whether because if it's to me, if it's people, it's that's different than things. Well, we got a lot more answers, and some of them speak to that. Yeah, bike, bike, YYC says Yuba Mundo, Surly Big Dummy, Gazelle HDNL. And Zach Pizza Bikes says, Wow, I could talk for hours on this. So many <laughs> determining factors, but I'd start with an extra cycle free radical paired with a dependable steel framed bike in the sub 1K category. Folks who need pedal assist and decide to go the rad power route or something similar can get away spending sub 2k, but must know what kind of limitations they'll have in terms of safety and ease of service. If we're talking kid hauling specifically, I must urge folks that your child's safety is worth more than a thousand, but I also realize that it's far out of budget for lots of people. Making long-lasting and well-performing cargo bikes accessible for working-class folks is going to be the biggest hurdle for cargo bike equity in the industry. So uh, Smoked Ham on Instagram said, I bought a used handmade cargo bike by Jay Ride on Craigslist for under $1,000, but that takes luck. Yeah, Jay Ride, I follow him on 
on Instagram and he does make some nice stuff. So that is, that's a good find. Spokesmama on Instagram says we lucked out and found a buck feet long for under that. Once we fixed it up, it was closer to 1000. A converted long tail, like an O free radical that's mentioned it. above is a good bet. Maybe an older Yuba Mundo. I, I never liked those bikes, but they exist. Yeah. And any bike you are thinking about, always good to test ride as well. All Rounder Co. says one bit of info is needed. Is this to haul kids? If so, the price increases dramatically. I, too, wanted to get a sub 1K, and I did it. Took time and luck, as I live in a little shit town. Uh, found <laughs> a big dummy frame set for 500 Added in wheels, cranks, rear mech from 90s rock hopper. I already had a $20 Craigslist find. I also had a Nitto slash Riv Bosco bar. Used the cheapo sunlight thummies and a set of Tektro V-brakes with levers in OEM packaging, new for 15 Body used Richie stem, made my own flight deck, but bought the hooks and a set of discounted factory defect panniers from Extra Cycle. The big item was the Hoopty, 200 new, and of course a used B67 saddle. Some parts been pedals and also SKS fenders yet to be mounted. I figure even when the eBay value of the used bits, I'm probably in my 1K mark, give or take. Not the easy route, but I took a gap year right before COVID to be with my kids more, which has turned into a semi-retirement. Funds are scarce. I can't think of a cheaper way to accomplish this other than doing the same with a leap kit, which is what I was originally expecting to buy. They seem to have the same but as what I paid for the dummy frame when they showed up locally. Sorry for the long response. That's okay. But I think that my experience may be valuable as I put a lot of thought into this same topic. I want to say that it has totally been worth it. I think, um, yeah, it, it, I think all the, the, the question and all these answers made me realize that there's just so much like hunger for information about some of these topics when you, you might've been a bike person for a long time, like commuting, but then, you know, you want to get an e-bike, you want to get a cargo bike. And all of a sudden it feels like just a totally different world of bicycling. Um, so maybe we should have, yeah, I thought maybe we should have uh, a whole episode just on cargo bikes. For folks in the U.S., there is a tax credit that might be coming. I don't, I don't think this has been passed yet. There may be a tax credit of up to $900 for the purchase of an e-bike, depending on what happens with Biden's Build Back Better Act in the Senate. I don't know if that's already dead, though, or not at this point. In, in the current form, there's a price cap of $4,000 for the bike, and more than that, and you don't get anything, which is not good, right? Because there are some cargo e-bikes could easily cost more than that. But if you're in the U.S. and in the market for an e-bike, keep an eye on what happens with that because it might save you a few bucks. And then some states are doing their own programs too. So look around and see, see if somebody will give you some money back on a purchase. I think I read something that um, uh, if you're in Corvallis, you can get a, a discount, like a $1,200 discount. I can't remember though. There were lots of little like, you must be a customer of this gas company and you must have under this income. So there were lots of little things, but yeah, there was something for that area. Now for our nonsense category, Tim Mooney slash Pedal Shift asks, who invented liquid soap and why? I'll accept the movie reference as the answer. I got nothing for this one and I didn't Google it. <laughs> Do you all know what he's wow, talking about? Look and why? No, I don't know what it is. Oh, man. <laughs> it was actually invented by Bob Ross, a little known fact about 
a beloved painter. Wow. Is that a joke? Mm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> uh, yes, it was. <laughs> there's a, there's okay. a movie reference, though. Yeah, I don't know what movie it's from. I don't know either. It's the biopic on Bob Ross's life. <laughs> released in All right, well, Guthrie wins bike draft. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I feel like I should also say, based on some uh, cursory Googling and absolutely no fact-checking, it may have been, oh, no, you know what? There's competing information. I'm not, I'm not, no, you, people can Google this if they want. I'm not going to, I'm not going to put, I'm not going to spread misinformation on this podcast about this. <laughs> not without checking my sources first. Well, moving on to the next nonsense type question. Um, Bike in the Oregon versus via Instagram says, what would you name your goat if you had one? I think I would name my goat goat because it's also the acronym. So I would just say goat. Because then when you're calling your goat, you could say, goat, 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 goat. <laughs> so uh, my dear friend Turner moved up to the Olympic Peninsula a few years ago and has a couple goats. And I feel like you're supposed to maybe have, is this one of these animals where you're supposed to have at least two so that they can like have a society? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I think sometimes is there just one. I've seen just one. Yeah, but yeah. is that really what's best for the goat? I don't know. But I would, I think I would name one Petunia. <laughs> and then I would name the other one, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't have an answer to that. Not, not another. Sunshine, sunshine, Petunia and sunshine. Flower plant name? Sunshine. You, would, you wouldn't give them a, like regular human type names? Are you saying Petunia and sunshine are not the They're names? They're not regular human type names. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm going to name them Armando and Guthrie. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, Armando goat and goat three. I'm definitely not naming my goats that. It's happening. Going on Craigslist. Going to get some goats. <laughs> now I know how you can clear all the blackberries out of your yard. It's going to be with Armando goat and goat three. <laughs> They're coming over. <laughs> Okay, Guthrie, what are you naming your goats? Oh, I don't know. I can't really top that. <laughs> well, uh, should we should we leave it here on that note? Yeah, I think Armando wins the game of goat tonight. <laughs> He's the goat of naming goats. He is. He is. We got mail. All right. From oh. listener, listener Josh, how do you, how do you say Josh's last name? Gutmacher. From Josh Gutmacher, pointlessly shift your bike's electronic gears like a manual car. Yeah, Josh said in a link, and uh, so there's a lot of e-bike shifters now. E-tap, I think they call right. Got three e-tap is what they call some of it. So oh, instead of uh, so shifting, when you're shifting like your brifters. They don't have cables. They send a, a wireless signal to the shifter. So you don't need cables. So a lot of bikes have that now. A lot of nice road bikes have that now. And so this website, and we'll include the link, uh, has a link to creating shifters. There's one shifter that's shaped like a, a, an 
automobile, you know, H drive shifter, like first, second, third, fourth, uh, that you can put on your bike and shift your gears that way. And actually it has one, two, three, five, it's a 10 speed. <laughs> so that's actually really funny. Um, and then there's another one that has, uh, electronic shifters on um, down tube, down tube electronic shifters. So that's actually very humorous too. So it's sort of taking the newest technology and, and, and making it retro, I guess. We will include that in the show notes. Uh, I, 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 I want to point out my car, I have a car with manual uh, transmission and my bike, my mixie that I ride all the time has down tube friction shifters and it never occurred to me that I'm sort of doing the same thing when I'm driving or riding my bike. Just think of it as electronic. Yeah. yeah. You had no cables. So thanks to Josh for sending that in. We heard from Anna in a news article from allaboutbirds.org. As an American politics professor, I always encourage my students to drive across country at some point in their lives to better understand these United States, the immense diversity, the varying terrains, and the absolute vastness of this nation. And also, so as a birder, I was intrigued when I learned about I learned that ornithologist Scott Edwards had embarked on exactly such a trip last summer on his bike, a 3,800-mile, 76-day bicycle ride bicycle ride from east coast to west yeah so anna submitted this article and uh, it's really interesting about uh this professor um scott edwards and i mean basically he rode across you know he did a typical ride across the united states bike tour but it wasn't typical in the sense that he was also birding while he was doing it he does a really good job with it it was really interesting to read birding is is the new pandemic hobby by the way i thought it was plants well, did, did plants go away? I mean, do you see them behind me in the Zoom? No. <laughs> okay, just... so maybe I've lost a few. Maybe I haven't <laughs> been as attentive as I should have been. I don't know why you're calling me out like this. <laughs> haven't lost any birds yet that I know of, but also they're outside at the feeders. And if you're an indoor birder, a uh, <laughs> game I played last week, which I would be more than happy to recommend, is called Wingspan. I heard, you're the second person I'm hearing about this game from. Tell me about it. It is um, more complex than Settlers of Catan. Quite fun. Oh, gosh. And has lots of birds in it with nice flavor text that tells you interesting facts about the birds that you are drawing as cards. Well, thanks, Guthrie. More complex, More complex than Settlers of Catan? I would say there are a lot of analogies to Settlers in okay. learning wingspan uh there i would say it's slightly more complex it's not overwhelmingly so but it can feel like a lot the first play i feel like by the second play i was like oh okay i can see how this goes so i would totally encourage folks to check it out or even better find somebody who has the game and has played it once before and can tell you how to play it that's typically the best way to go or watch a playthrough on youtube and it might actually be easier than reading the manual do you know any any bike board games? Board games with bikes or about bikes? Listeners, send in your information about bicycle board games. Let us know. <laughs> we did play one. There's a uh, American Cycling Association, roughly. It's not ACA related, but uh-huh. it is basically. A, have it, has anybody ever played? What is that game like with the trains, where yeah, you're yeah. kind of traveling across the U.S. 
cannot remember the name of the game, but there is an episode where we played it live, as in we recorded it and then published oh, it. Oh, wow. Uh, it was quite fun. <laughs> I believe it cool. was with Greg and Emily guys. Uh, okay. Still uh, would be happy to play another round of that. It was quite fun. <laughs> cool. I'll look it up. The Sprocket Podcast is produced in Portland, Oregon. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review and tell your friends about us. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or text to 503-847-9774. Twitter and Instagram at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Hurt Bird for our headline sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to the generous support of our Patreon supporters and listeners. Shadowfoot, Wayne Norman, Cameron Lean. Richard Wazinski, Tim Mooney, Glenn Kubish. Eric Weiss, Doug Cohen-Miller, Chris Smith. Caleb Jenkinson, J.P. Cooley, Peanut Butter Jar Matt. Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom, Drew the Welder. Aunt Anna, Andre Johnson, Richard G. Guthrie Straw. Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons and founder of The Regrainery. Campsite, Mac Nurse David, Jeremy Kitchen. David Belay, Tim Coleman, Harry Hugel. E.J. Finneran, Brad Hipwell, Thomas Skadow. Keith Hutchinson, Ranger Tom, Joyce Wilson. Ryan Tam, Jason Oftenberg, David Moore, Todd Grosbeck. Chris Barron, Chris Barron, Chris Barron. Chris Barron. Sean Baird, Simon Pace, Gregory Braithwaite, Mike Vids, Dude Luna, who's looking at me, me on this Zoom call, Emma Rooks, and Philip M. Spartandale, Mr. T, who never really left, Bike Initiative, Kiwana, Sarah G, Adam D, Go Dig a Hole, Beth Hammond, Greg Murphy, Ira Martinez, Oso, Isaac M. Byron Patterson, Kirsten Graham, Aaron G, Rachel Moline. Jimmy Diesel, Christopher Barnett, Jonathan Lee. And our newest sponsor, Hami Ramani. And thanks to all our former supporters who helped us along the way. Now brush your teeth. And go to bed. <laughs> <laughs>